Exegesis. Hello, and welcome to Countdown to Exegesis, the podcast most regularly mistaken for a track-by-track dissection of Megadeth's 1992 album, Countdown to Extinction. Uh, I'm Andrew, and I'm not sure about Steely Dan, and I'm joined by superfan Ollie Piper. Ollie, how are you doing? I am still loving Steely Dan. Good. Uh, do you want to tell the folks at home where we're up to in our exegetical journey? We have tiptoed through the first album, Can't Buy a Thrill. We are on to album two and series two, Countdown to Ecstasy. And today we are finishing side one of Countdown mm-hmm. to Ecstasy with the jazzy flourishes of your gold teeth. Mm. Track and four. just a pr- just to preempt any jokes, when we say your gold teeth, we're talking about the song, we're not talking about each other's gold teeth. Of which we have many grills. Yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure that joke wasn't made. That's, this is the voice, as in Andrew's is the voice of someone with many, many flashy <laughs> bits of dentistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some fucking like eighteenth century sea captain, exile, <laughs> some some royal exile who uh, who has yeah. faced the rigors of the sea and and all the, and has had some creative dentistry. Anyway, yes, yeah, sorry. Today, your gold teeth. Um, the usual format is um, we look at the vibe, the music, and the, the lyrics, and then we rate it as a royal scam or a royal slam. But as, as always, we start with song facts. Song facts. So Andrew always loves this segment. Um, mm. You can hear it just then in his um, <laughs> triumphant acknowledgement. So here's a good one, right? Well, no, they're all good, but here's a good one. So there are famously two your gold teeths. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one for your information on uh, Katie Lied, two albums mm-hmm. away, which is your gold teeth too. Very different vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Becca says there was actually another original version that they never recorded Mm. so yeah three gold teeth now he's uh, i'm paraphrasing here because i didn't save the original interview but he said something like your gold teeth two was closer to the original your gold teeth that they never recorded so you know it's it's i'm guessing that your gold teeth original was a song Mm. which they spun off into a completely different song which is this one and then your gold teeth two the real one was based somewhat on that mm. original demo. Blah, 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 they blah, were, blah. They were, they were running low on ideas around the time well, Katie lied. Well, I don't know, but this this is... Um, uh, that was what I was saying might cast uh, a new light on the idea that this was all fresh material because they're kind of... They're at least, it sounds like, nicking lyrics from, from demo material for, for this song, even if they're changing the music up. Mm-hmm. I've got some song facts here which, are, which, which reference lyrics, right? And I've been very uh, particular in the past about not crossing the streams between the different sections of the podcast. Yeah. So if you've tried talking about lyrics too early, I've scolded you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I feel I just feel like they they belong in this segment. So if, with your permission, Andrew, I'm going to mention some lyrical stuff here. Well, I've never cared at all about uh, muddling up the categories. Think of the listeners. <laughs> yeah, they need their handheld. Well, who God, doesn't then. love a nice warm? Birmingham hairy hand. Um, the lyrics reference Kathy Barbarian, mm-hmm. um, the opera singer, 
We'll talk about her a bit more later. Um, but would you like to know that she admitted to being terribly flattered by the name check from Steely Dan? <laughs> That's nice. And she bought several copies of the record to give to her family. Huh. That's quite that sweet. Yeah, she was she was a big deal, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's in the avant-garde classical world. Yeah, yeah. Did you listen to any of Cathy's stuff? Nope, I just googled it. (laughs) Okay, well, okay, maybe you can have a listen later. Um, There's another lyric one here. The lyric: "There ain't nothing in Chicago for a monkey woman to do." Um, Mm -hmm. Terrible rendition there, but that's uh, (laughs) likely a reference to a Count Basie song called "Going to Chicago Blues." Mm-hmm. That features the lyric, there's nothing in Chicago that a monkey woman can do. Right. So, very similar. Probably a reference. Uh, mm. Joe Williams, in his 1959 version of the song, uh, explains that uh, a woman with a, a monkey woman is a woman with a monkey on her back, uh, aka a, a heroin addict. So, mm-hmm. I didn't know that either, but there you go. Pretty good standard of facting so far, isn't it? Just to. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to hear about songs that have the same name? Not really, but... <laughs> but go on. I don't really want to tell you about them. Oh, okay, there's a band called Your Gold Teeth from the Isle of Man. Uh-huh. The Isle of Man, for people who don't know, is a little island off the coast of <laughs> Liverpool in northwest England. Is it? Um, oh, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah. I have been there. Um, so have I. Have you? Did you go to the House of Manannan? <laughs> did you just stutter while you were saying did you go to <laughs> the house of Manan Ma- no, Manan's the, house No, Manan okay. Manan is the shape-shifting uh, what's the word you know where you have like a, de- a deity of a place the, oh yeah the, I don't know what the word is but he, he's yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the emblem mm-hmm. and he can turn into all legs he turns into like oh. a wheel of legs oh yeah he's like he's like the rolling leggy yeah. <laughs> wheel thing yeah 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 like on the flag yeah. Anyway, there's, okay. there's, so there's a museum um, called the House of Mananan, which is the best museum I've ever been to because, well, there's two things. One is that it jumps from the Vikings to the Victorians and there's just nothing in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you just walk from the Viking times into Victoria. And then it's like, steam liners began to bring tourists to the Isle of Man. You know, so. But the other reason it's so great is because... There is, there's like a video installation of the Viking invasion of the Isle of Man. Mm. Uh, so it's on a little TV screen as you as you it walk. Took them in. a while to get to the Isle of Man, the Vikings. If they'd invented video by then, very good. Yeah. And what it is is it's a Viking wrestling a woman to the ground, apparently about to violate her, and then he like wrestles her to the ground and leans over her. He then takes a handful of earth. And goes, holds it up over her head, her terrified face, and he goes, Good Earth. You have such a good memory of this. <laughs> and then, and then, oh, no. you come to the end of the House of Mananan, so you've, you've learned all about the Vikings and steamliner, Victorian steamliners, and you exit the Victorian bit, and you're just in a corridor before, in front of the lift, and there's a little TV screen above the, next to the lift where a man dressed as Mananan, like, appears through um, uh, dry ice and goes, and that was the story of Mananan. And it's something like, um, further than a dying star, 
closer than your grandmother's dying heartbeat. Oh God! <laughs> Are you making this up? No, no. It's, it's honestly, it's all true. And then you get I into the lift. Gone. Then you get into the lift. There's and, not anything in the lift, please. <laughs> there's nothing. There's fuck all in the lift. I don't think there's a gift shop, uh, but it's very, very funny. It's I a had a great shop. time. What's that a joke about? So if there's not a gift shop, was there a lift shop? Oh, a lift shop, oh, right. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was really, really good. Um, that's all I remember about the Isle of Man. Vibe. Noun. A vibraphone. Do you want to go? Do you want to go first? Well, my vibe for once is somewhat long. I had to make up for not doing one last week. Right, right. So I've I've done a U and I've composed. A piece of fiction. Oh, nice! So okay. I can I can go first if you want to get that, or you can get yours out of the way first if you've got a shorter one. Well, I'll get mine out of the way because I it, it got to seven twenty two, which was eight minutes before we were going to start recording, and I re- remembered that I hadn't written a vibe, so it was hurried. Okay, well, yeah, so that's I, that's my usual. Yeah, and it, it is a it's a little bit snide, mm. um, but. The song is snide, so I think that's fine. It's a lyric from a song by Office Culture. And the lyric is, You sat up front in the big truck, but you never even got the thing moving. Mm. Now, (laughs) this will become... What I mean by that will become clear when we talk in depth about the music. But essentially Mm. what I'm saying is, I feel like they're they're really trying on this song. And it never quite... It's not good enough for Suter. It's it's not. You have only hit six and a half on the suitor scale with mm. this song. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's it's like some sort of Victorian engine where there's like loads of cranks and you can hear all the cranks going and then there's just like a tiny little bit of steam emerging from the top. You know, the song or the suitor scale, both. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, because I can imagine by the time by the by the time I've had my third ale, I'll probably say this is the best song ever written. I can imagine like the suitor machine would be like some (laughs) room-sized contraption that just like crushes an almond or something, you know, like yeah, yeah. um, But anyway, my vibe. Thank you, Mm. thank you for your vibe. Um, It wasn't good, was it? No, it was it was fine. Um, Well, it was stolen. That's what it was. But anyway, in fact, do you want to read my vibe? Yeah, sure. it, It would suit your voice. Much okay. more. Send it um, my way. It's 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 a fairly heavy piece of fiction, and I don't, you know, my my accent will uh, mm. will not do it will not do it justice. So bear with me. Okay. You feel yourself die. For a moment, all is peace. Then, like a tape spinning up, you squirm back to consciousness. Fluorescent jellyfish bob and play like fairies, stretch into infinite nebulae then reach a crisp, citric stasis. Stasis. Lights are all around you, advertising terrifying pleasures in a language you don't understand. Your hands are old. What is this music? This ketamine opera? Is this a carnival? A silver-shoed goblin beckons you into a tent, which billows as white noise swells and anvils clang. You follow. You know not what else to do darkness again the agony is louder (laughs) then spotlights one by one click there's Donald Fagan at a small wooden table 
idly spinning a roulette wheel. Click. Walter Becker. He is holding a limp monkey, which he has just killed with his hands. Click. A woman rotates on the spot, one leg in the air. This isn't natural. Fagan eyes her, scornfully, with a single eye. The other is drilling into you. What? The other is drilling into you. What, Becker is banging me? No, the other eye. Oh! (laughs) I thought you meant that Walter Becker was... put his (laughs) cock at me. Can you finish... Fagan eyes her, scornfully, with a single eye. The other... I is drilling into you. Come, he says, flashing a mouthful of ugly golden teeth. That makes this song sound so good. <laughs> did it make, did it put you in mind of the song? Not at all. It's just it's got it's got a bit of a sort of like Lynchian um sort of, you know, like Vegas Vegas by Lynch. Yeah, well the the roulette uh and the gold teeth fit. But I don't get the sense of a, a recently killed monkey. It's just various references from the song flashing in and out, like the mm. song does. You know, it just has all these little references flashing in and out. Not yeah, to yeah. get into that segment, not to get into lyrical discussion, but it is like Fagan throwing out a load of random reasons why he's annoyed at a particular woman. Aside from the fact that she's attractive. Within this kind of... yeah. And then all these kind of is images of of you know gambling and China and the scent of opium <laughs> catches the breeze. Yeah, on the I black really, box. I, I really enjoyed reading that. Thank you for mm. reading it. You're welcome. <sighs> Nothing more to say. No, I think neither of us has nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! But your, yours was at least sort of uh, colourful and uh, psychedelic. What what we haven't covered is mm. Becker and Fagan's vibe because, as we have mentioned, every time on the liner notes of this album they provide their own mm. little summation of the song, which is, yeah. you know, in essence what our vibe is trying to do. So, Becker and Fagan's vibe is, in this number, several members of the Dan get to stretch out. Ugh. Uh, is that it? Yeah, like, even they wouldn't touch the lyrics. It's just like... Uh, Oh, that's that's. I don't know why that's annoyed me. Yeah, I mean, Just, it's it's pretty. It's more descriptive than either of ours. And and Fagan mm. and Becker are not usually descriptive. So, yeah, they'd annoy you whatever they do. When they're kind of yeah. intriguing and obtuse, you you hate them for it. When they're direct, mm. <clears throat> they did put stretch out in inverted uh, in quotes as if to say like. This is a word which is beneath us. This is a phrase yeah. which is beneath yeah. us. Yes, this music, this music that we love, we have to hold <laughs> at arm's length because we're not actually that good at it. Oh, come on. Yeah, sorry. The music! Hey, let's start here. Okay, so I've been doing my usual thing off mic, which is to what, whenever we... Well, well, yeah, that as well. But whenever we see each other in real life... I'll prod you uh, to kind of get your thoughts on the latest Steely Dan song, and you've been very cagey as usual, as you should be, because you said mm-hmm. you should save it for the proper yeah. um, context, which is now. But you did say it was surprising. That was the only thing you'd give away. I was surprised by your gold teeth. Mm. And why? Can you reveal now, at least musically speaking, why you were surprised by your gold teeth? Well, I don't think I should have been surprised. Because it's kind of in the realm of do it again. 
It's like a, a, a groovy number where they can stretch out in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. I think I was just surprised because I thought I was getting a handle on this album. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be more song-based folk rock with jazz sprinkles kind mm-hmm. of vibe. And then we just get, end of side one, an eight-minute, seven, eight-minute like jazz funk workout. And I, I was not expecting it. We've, but, I mean, we've had something like that in Bodhisattva already. But Bodhisattva... Like a, it's like a yeah. boogie workout. Yeah, that was a long time ago, though. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, not to give too much away about this album, but I do think it's odd that this album has a bit of an odd structure because they've got side one, which is usually where you make your big... You know, you usually front-load your albums, mm. the pop. Um, the big book of pop says you should front-load... You put your singles... Mm. Um, at the start, and, and and you know people will love side one, and then they won't care about side two because they're off painting an egg or something. Like, <laughs> they, cho- they choose to open and close side one with yeah. two of these not particularly song based. I mean, Bodhisattva more so, but they're both like stretched out, sort of semi instrumental mm. show off pieces, aren't they? Yeah, but Bodhisattva is more of I think we said at the time it's more of a it's more pyrotechnic. It's like, mm-hmm. look at what we can do. We've got all these different sections. Whereas this is kind of like more, it, it sort of settles in a groove for a long time. Well, let's, let's, and then we, and then we have, the, then we have the little bridge section. But other than that, it's, it's quite like straight through. Yeah. Okay. But what I did want to say is, um, side two of this album, mm. maybe this is given too much away, but that is, that is very song based. That is that side two is very like we're being tight and songly here. Mm. It's side one where they stick all the kind of. I mean, maybe that I sh- maybe I should not be surprised by that because it's totally a contrary steely dancing to do. Mm. It's like let's all put let's put the kind of stuff that works best live, and you'd maybe trim it down by thirty percent on record. Let's put that all on side one and not mm. trim it. You know, which is effectively what they've done with Body Scepter and. Um, and your body, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you were saying, okay, yeah. So, so body stat was really pyrotechnic. It's like, in the introduce the band, get everyone excited. Number, um, yeah. Your god teeth more like a mid to end of set, like as they put it, stretch out sort of number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think it's. Uh, I it, to me, it does feel kind of. It does feel complex and sophisticated. As f- mm. within within the co- within the realms of Dan, even though it's mostly a kind of one chord vamp, yeah. Um, but it sounds like to you, it's just it's just half hearted, showing off. No, it's not. It's not that it's half hearted. It's that so my vibe was uh, about sitting up front of the big truck, but never really getting it going. And it it just when I was listening to it, I just thought this feels like what I said about do it again which is that it's kind of like a, a sort of synthetic groove. Like it's been sort of grown in a Petri dish in a laboratory. They've put in all the ingredients to get a groove going, but it never quite feels exciting. It feels, you know, it's very, it's like very, very pleasant to listen to. I can't, I, I didn't feel like unnerved by it in the slightest. I thought it was, it was nice. But what clinched it for me is that the opening really reminds me of a Gil Scott Heron song called Lady Day and John Coltrane. Do you know that song? It, 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 it is similar, but I think mm. I think I can pin down what you think is like funkier about mm. that. 
which is that like it there sounds like there's some sort of chromaticism going on in the bass line or something like mm. or 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 like some blue notes at least kind of coming out in the Jill Scott Heron piece mm. Steely Maybe. Dan number Steely Dan number doesn't do that it is in Dorian mode I don't know if you noticed that I didn't well it's in Dorian and um it has the fucking like for me the part of the groove that does that in, in the dance song is the fucking like that riff that comes in, which has got to be like you know for saying for saying this sounds like a synthetic kind of half-hearted groove, it's got to be the weirdest kind of riff. Well, yeah, again, it, it put me in mind of of Zappa again, like the like the beginning of Boston Rag. It sounds like a Zappa line. I would try and like I would try and sing it to illustrate what part do, do, I mean. Do, 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 do. But do, do, I can That bit. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it. But what I'm saying is, it's like they've gone right. Let's get funky. Let's cook. They said to each other. So then they they knock together this kind of like slightly underwhelming uh, um, groove, and then they're like, right now it's time to do some sophisticated shit. Donald, play us some chromatic stuff on the keyboard. Do you know what I mean? It all feels quite like it doesn't feel organic or like they're jamming or compared to the Girl Scott Heron. Which just feels like really infectious, and like you just want to start dancing immediately. You are so projecting your anti Dan bias onto this, but I, but you know, I guess my, I guess the point that I would keep coming back to is like, is is that old kind of um, hip, hipsters' excuse for Steely Dan, which is that there, um, it, it, is that it's deliberately a little bit clinical, um, yeah, so as to create this interesting irony between um between the music and the subject matter yeah but but then you're just listening to a second rate <laughs> jam <laughs> um but yeah uh, you know your your gold teeth i think it's got some um I think it's got some interesting musical things, um, but yeah, yeah and, 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 ne- and, and, neither do I think it's their best groove. Well, okay, what do you think of the middle? Oh, I'll call it the middle eight. Um, tobacco they grow in picking. I think it's very nice. It sounds me, a bit like prefab sprout. So we have, um, yeah, yeah, we, we love prefab. Um, so we have a kind of a kind of one chord vamp for most of it, mm. and, and and various kind of. Um, Solos and things over the top, but but the middle eight and also the um, the chorus chords in their chromatic harmony. Um, the middle eight especially feels like something we might even get on Asia. Oh, okay. Musically and to me, musically and in some of the lyrical themes, with this you know the peaking references and various substances and things. If it, it, it feels. Um, I just I what I, I do enjoy about this song the the kind of um how how they've obviously kept the verses quite loose by their standards but then the these middle eight these these bridge sections seem complete seem very very composed yeah yeah to the point in fact where it where it kind of it's a little bit jarring when Denny does his solo you know the main solo the main guitar solo yeah, it almost feels jarring when we come back into the tobacco they grow in peaking bit because it's so like, like that. Well, okay, let's let I'll, I'll talk about the solos a little bit, right? So, so Denny's solo in particular feels very loose and improvised, and I think this is quite a, I think this is quite a well liked solo, 
but it really it like it, more so than most of the time in Stealing Dan, it feels like he's make he's making it up as he go as he goes along, and he almost kind of gets lost towards the end. It kind of feels like he doesn't know when to stop, mm. and then suddenly we get this. Suddenly we like launch back into tobacco. They grow in peaky. You know, it's it's. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but it's it's. No, I didn't. I didn't. In terms of in terms of structure, that feels extraordinarily loose for Steely Dan. I think. Mm. Mm. Um, it's got it, it's got these interesting sonic textures. This to me is like um, is like Don and Walter, but especially Don because he takes a solo. Mm, saying, which I, I liked very much. Yeah, saying, "All right, it's time to show off our jazz chops." Mm. You know, Bodhisattva was like, "Listen to how well we play together as a band," in this very mm. kind of like contrived piece that's going to deliberately show you how well we play together as a unit. Whereas this one, Your Gold Teeth, is like, "Just let me show you how jazz I am," because we've done the yeah, pop album. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm yeah. going to show you. I'm going to show you that actually we're all about jazz deep down. Yeah. Does Skunk take a solo? I don't think he does on this. I don't. Right, right. There's like there's like a couple of like mini solos after mm. the verses, and but I think just based on sound, I'm guessing they're also Denny. Yeah. What I think Skunk does, which is the only time Skunk gets to show off on this song, is for little kind of like quacky funk guitar. Oh yeah, the, the, wows the at the end, right at the end. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, he put down uh, his uh, he put down his nail scissors that he was trimming his moustache with. <laughs> Just did a little bit of wacka wacka. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, I think they had to give him that. But um, I might I might be wrong. Maybe he maybe he does play other things. But the the main solo is definitely Denny and uh, Donald. Mm. Yeah, Donny uh, Donny Fagan. It's really good. Um, yeah, yeah. It is uh, that is a great solo. We haven't heard yeah. him play really um, in in terms of. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sounding like a proper like Channel Four circa 1983 late night discussion program here, but mm. because because as as you know, like I'm not a I'm not a kind of oh listen to him play sort of person, but because he's kept because he's kept it in until this point, mm. and then he and then he brings it out and it's like fucking yeah, Donnie, you can really play, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is, it and what nice I like about it is it, it's very it's very spacious. Mm-hmm. He's not overplaying, and it's like tasteful, but it, but kind of unpredictable. One day, these questions will be answered in a splendid exegesis. Well, while we're talking Fagan, I thought you would be pleased to know that his voice is warming on me. I I forgot to write down about the voice, um, mm. but I uh, I. Th- I thought about you thinking about his voice and I was like, mm. I was thinking Donny is doing a little bit of like histrionics here, um, mm. but he sounds way more comfortable than he did on Can't Buy Thrill. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so I meant to ask you about that. How do you feel about Donny going for it again? I just thought it sounded way more uh, controlled. Like even Boston Rag, which I think is a fine vocal, there's that bit at the end where he's like, bring it back, bring it back now. It sounds a bit like Five or somebody. You know what I mean? Uh, whereas it doesn't one... sound like Five. Oh, I get what you're saying, but yeah, okay. I bring it back, bring it back now. Won't you bring it back home? You know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you can imagine Fagan, Fagan oh. with a vocal coach, and the vocal coach is going like, yeah, let's just, let's just, let's just riff. Um, I'd love to hear the, uh, all the outtakes. Like, bring it back, bring it back. You know, 
what I'm saying is, this one, <laughs> this one, it's all comfortably within range. He sounds kind of snarky, uh, as as we've come to expect, but it doesn't sound like he's straining for a rock vocal. Well, as we've discussed, the big difference between this album and Can't Buy Thrill is that he's now writing for his own band, whereas yeah. with Can't Buy Thrill, he was writing for uh, a potential Barbara Streisand or yeah, yeah. Bl- bloke out of the monkeys, you know, or Mamas yeah. and Papas or whatever it is. Like, uh, So, yeah, um, they, he I probably just thought, is just yeah. writing, uh, writing in the firm knowledge that he's going to have to fucking sing it at some point. Yeah, and I think it is all doubled, is that right? Or it sounds... Like there's been some enhancement, some studio enhancement. Yeah, it's but, got that uh, slightly hollow kind of Phil Collins sound to it, hasn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, which, yeah. which might be doubling. And the same sort of spiritual vacuity as uh, as Phil Collins. Oh fuck off, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I was wow. already feeling I was already <laughs> feeling dirty for making the comparison. So don't don't you don't have permission to go further. Don't down build that. on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, I just thought you would like to know that I this is one of. Only a few songs where I thought, hats off, Fagan. Nice vocal. Hats off, Fagan. Well done. Mm. This segment, new for, se- new for season two. Mm. San Francisco show and tell. Do you want to explain what this is? Because I still don't know. Basically, uh, we bring something to the show... Uh, and we talk about it. So the folks at home will remember that in episode two, I had basically been to Dortmund, Germany, to do some a bit of research into the German folk myth of the Razor Boy mm. and had a pretty uncanny time. I thought I was being followed when I was in Dortmund. And then when I got back to Birmingham, I received in the post a reel-to-reel tape uh, in the post, which had a really upsetting sort of um, like recording of a, of a horror poem on it about the razor mm. boy and, and it was quite menacing i think you'd, you'd agree ollie it was pretty uh yeah 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 it was it was it, almost it, it was almost as if it, you'd imagined it it was so sort of mm, off the scale absolutely it was yeah. Kind of, yeah it was kind of beyond uh it was one of the strangest things that's ever happened to me receiving that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but what concerns me is that i think i basically think that i might have uh some sort of terrifying stalker because this morning at 2.52 a.m. I received a, a voicemail and if you just want to play it now, I think you'll you'll see why I'm feeling a little bit um, a little bit on edge. Oh dear, okay. Well, um, yeah, content warning. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's play it. You have one new message. Main menu. To listen to your messages, press one. For re- First, new message. Court of the Steely King, you prance and caper, you mince and you maunder, you jig and jingle like an emperor's new fool. You, you line your den with slanders and lies, but he who baits the mighty skunk in his lair will feel his steely claw. Well, I mean, she she ruined the mood there, didn't she? At the end, yeah. But I mean, it's quite upsetting stuff, isn't it? 
It is. Uh, I, I do. I do wonder why you had received that as a new message that the woman said, and yet you were recording yourself accessing it. So, if they just received that, do you habitually record yourself listening to your own voicemail <laughs> messages? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's time for me to think fast. Uh, <laughs> It's not often that you receive a voicemail at 2.52am. Yeah, no, no, no. And I thought, is this going to be... Because I was already on edge because of the whole Razor Boy reel-to-reel yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just thought, maybe this is connected. And I want it... Because the thing is, I'm unsure whether or not to contact the police. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought, you know, you need to collect evidence of harassment. Now, I don't know what you took from this message, Ollie, but what I take from it is that somebody is listening to the show... Mm. they hate me mm. and they are threatening me and I think it, it may be connected with some of the remarks that I've made about, about well I was going to say it sounds like a friend of skunk uh, yeah a friend of skunk yeah. may have uh, may have taken umbrage yeah um, very uh, very posh friend of skunk mm. obviously British uh, mm. can't place the accent um, mm. but uh but yeah, I mean, he he must he must have he must have supporters amongst the private schools of this country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm laughing, but only in a kind of gallows humour because I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 quite frightened. Sorry, no, I, I should. I'm so um, I'm being so glib, but you you're you're genuinely. Um, what did you hear the last line? By this, you? Did you hear the last line? Something about uh, to listen to a new message, press hash or something. <laughs> <laughs> the last line of the threat. Oh yeah, no! Remind me. Sorry. Let's should, we just hear it? should we hear it? Should we hear it one more time? No, let's not put everyone through that. Can you? <laughs> can you, can you... <laughs> Sorry, I'm hysterical. It's it's just yeah, uh, no, the, no, no, the fear. No, no. Sorry, it's the fear. I can hear, yeah, that's some real um, like hiccuping sobs you've got there. Yeah. So the last line was, um, "He who baits the mighty skunk in his lair." <laughs> Will feel will feel the steely claw, mm. so that imp- that implies that skunk is gonna is gonna attack me, or or at least one of his people, um, and I you know, I don't know what to do really. I've had this is the second creepy creepy threatening message I've had, um, coincidentally falling on the weeks where I've had to bring something to show and tell. Mm. No, 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 no. Which has kind of been useful, you know, for the segment, but it's uh. I'm feeling a little delicate, Andrew. I don't know what to say. That's um, I'm, I'm, I'm feel very sorry for you, mate. Um, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, uh, all I can hope is that it puts the fire in you to carry on doing countdown. Oh to yeah, Jesus. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm not. not to... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be thrown off course by some lone crank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No good. Yeah. I mean, what a better way to show them that they haven't got to you by continuing to. For produce ham-fisted um, <laughs> exegesis of Steely Dad Sauce. Mm. Um, and, and move on to the lyrics. Why don't you um, tell me what you thought? I'll be honest with you, I have found um, I've found this one to be a slippery slug of a song lyrically mm. speaking. <clears throat> I, I, I've got the Wikipedia summary and I can kind of see how that chimes with the lyrics. Wikipedia says, Your gold teeth follows a jaded female grifter who uses her attractiveness and cunning. Um, mm. And to me, this song is 
Donny kind of building up imagery of, of perhaps being in a, a kind of slightly seedy establishment, gambling is going on, drinking's going on. Yeah. Um there's reference to tobacco and uh locusts and, and and things and 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 just it's got it's got a slight kind of um dirty underside of the gilded age feel. Mm. So the reason I was sniggering there was because when you said there's references to tobacco and locusts and things, you sounded like like a, a middle-aged posh guy at a book group reading William Burroughs or something. <laughs> I think how I you know, feel. Is like, well, there's cocaine and there's a anal play and all, sort of, all, all that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but and amidst all this imagery building world building we also get don donny basically being a bit annoyed with a woman who yeah, yeah 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 is trying to use her feminine wiles to uh mm. to to scam him in some way yeah yeah well so my immediate thought about this lyric was that it put me in mind of elvis costello land as in the world of elvis costello mm-hmm. around the time of armed forces okay so what I'm thinking is it's like we've got the femme fatale mm-hmm. teasing and flirting in the Steely Dan song. The woman is it's like you fasten up your beaded gown, then you try to tie me down. So like, yeah, a woman using her sexuality to in some way wrong this man. Mm-hmm. But you've also got this weird, like slightly paranoid emotional violence because <laughs> he says torture is the main attraction. I don't need that kind of action. Which is not so much a threat issued at the woman, but it's sort of implying that that by her being sexy, we're like in a land of murder and torture and... You know what I mean? So it's kind of like... I don't want to harp on the incel thing, because I know I've, I've said that Donald Fagan is an incel about 17 times, and, <laughs> and it's probably not fair. But it's kind of like... So he's slamming this woman for being sexy and and, you know... She's got her silver shoes and her gift for the runaround and whatever. And then he's like, he does this weird cryptic bridge section about Kathy Barbarian and Chinese crops. Uh, okay, well, let's. And it's like, come... but it's like, it's, mm. it's like he's saying, yeah, you may be hot, but I'm clever. And, and to me, that's kind of more creepy and sort of sinister than just calling her a slut. I think that I think you're I think you're putting a bit too much stock. In Don's sinisterness here, because because I don't get any of that. When he says torture is the main attraction, mm. I don't think I don't think there's any kind of threatening thing behind that. He's going, he's he's kind of going. Your 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 attractive feminine wiles will mm. only lead to a torturous situation for myself if I, yeah, sure. if I engage. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying he's issuing a threat. In the Dan song, we've got. You know, you'll have to pay it all. You'll pay today or pay tomorrow. So he's saying she's going to pay. Then later in the song, he says, Use your neck, darling. Take one step back, darling. And like the way I find that quite uh, objectionable. It's like, take one step back, darling. <laughs> you know, like he's, it's, it's really condescending and like threatening. He's basically saying like, back off with your beaded gown. Yeah, but, I, but, but, yeah. but I'm always reading this as like he has, he's seen... The, he's seen this woman, who's a scam artist, yeah, and is already wise to her tricks. So there's a there's a yeah there's yeah a, yeah he's not involved somewhat, with her. Yeah, the, but no, but there's a somewhat there is a somewhat objectionable layer 
in him kind of going, your um, your attractiveness is part of this soup of vice, which yeah. I'm which I'm describing here, but. I think, like, to me, the situation is like, no, 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 I've seen you screw people over before. You're not getting anything over on me. Like, mm. that, that, it just won't work on me. Um, so, yeah. you know, don't embarrass yourself. Fasten up your gown. Don't do your, your, your routine here because it's not going to work because um, cause yeah. I know that you're just trying to... But that implies that if he was less worldly-wise, then he would just be, like, sucked in by this goddess or whatever. Mm. So... Can I throw some lyrics at you, just just because, yeah. just to try and kind of pin down some of the meanings here. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this is a particularly abstract song, um, but you know, I I had I had perfect fun looking at Razor Boy, which is which is quite which is more obtuse, mm. I think, than this. But for some reason, I just I just found these lyrics lyrics hard to engage with on a on a kind of examination level um so the kathy barbarian thing should we explain a little bit more about who she is yeah i, I don't really know i just know she was a well i don't know singer well well we've got the steely dan dictionary to help us here um mm-hmm. okay so she's an american opera singer and an avant-garde vocalist who lived from 1925 to 1983 renowned for her chameleonic vocal style typified by her rendition of luciano berio's visage an improvisational piece consisting of sighing, crying, laughing, moaning, groaning, and stammering. Mm-hmm. So that's Kathy Barbarian. Um, mm-hmm. And as we've discussed, she was very happy to be mentioned in this song. Mm. Uh, and a roulade, which is the one roulade she can't sing, uh, mm. it's a vocal embellishment consisting of a rapid succession of several notes sung, sung to one syllable. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the that's the references you know this is very much like we're seeing the school of dan now where mm. they um you, if you want to get the lyric fully you kind of have to go away and do a bit of research because mm. they're dropping in references to kathy barbarian and stuff uh even kathy barbarian knows there's one roulade she can't sing what do you think i think it's saying be humble bitch <laughs> It's like it's it's just uh, attacking this um, this sexy sexy woman in this gambling den or wherever they are, and saying, look, even somebody who actually contributes something, who uh, you know is an artist, unlike you, you whore, at least even she has humility. So wind your neck in, take a step back, is how I interpret it. Um, and like I say, it feels a bit like the incel thing <laughs> of saying. Yes, you're fit, but I know who Kathy Barbarian is, so I've got one over you. Now, I'm you're ready. about to, you're you're going to accuse me of projection, or at least I saw you roll your eyes when I was saying all of that. So, what is it that is it because is it because Ollie, you think this is going to come up again and again and again <laughs> as we work through the discography? A little of that, but I, I, my reading of this line was completely the opposite, and I'm not saying it's correct. Yeah. Yours makes a lot of sense, but I was looking at it as um, the eternal optimism of the gambler. Say she's trying to like pull him into some rigged dice game or something, and he's and he's being self-reflective here. So he's saying even even a gambler who thinks he's got the best luck in the world, like the best opera singer out there, knows mm-hmm. that there's like knows that there's one game that they just won't play because it's because it's going to fuck them over. So, so do you saying, think there's a there's so a pun saying on... even if I was the even if roulade and roulette yeah 
Yeah, possibly. Um, I didn't think of that, but I'll, I'll pretend I have. Ed- edit me out saying where I was. I didn't think of that. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, like uh, for me, it's it's kind of going like e- even if I had all the optimism about my own skills at, at, at hustle and gambling, uh, you know, there's one game that I don't know. I don't. I'm not, not going to play because I know it's rigged because I've seen you before and I've seen you do this and you're a little scam friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think it's self-directed? Yeah, I think it's self-directed. Okay. So, so the thing about tobacco, they grow in Peking. In the year of the locust, you'll see a sad thing. Yeah, that is like, to me, that's just kind of abstract world building, the scene build, scene setting. Um, Peking, like Asia, it's, it's, a bit, uh, it's a bit like, ooh, opium, isn't it? Yeah, you know, Chinese music in mm. the banyan trees here at the Dude Ranch above the sea. Is that a year- Steely Dan lyric? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. It was either that or you were just doing some sort of slam poetry. In the year of the locust, what what, what do you understand that to mean? I don't know. I know that in China they have years of animals. <clears throat> yeah, I year looked this the rat, up. There, there the is horse. no, there is no year of the locust. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so I guess the a locust is an animal that deci- well, an insect that decimates crops. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. the locust will, pff, I don't know, the year of the locust will be when all the opium is cracked down on. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, when they when they uh, oh when the when the cops swoop in so, and they close down uh, your opium den. I didn't. You know what? I really didn't connect with two lines. Right. So mm. I was like. Uh, Okay, say this woman's a heavy smoker and she loves her tobacco. Yeah. And they're growing this tobacco in Peking, <clears throat> maybe under horrible conditions. And then, but only in the only in the year that the tobacco crops are ruined by locusts will you see any sadness in it. That's a complete stretch, but that is a stretch. Um, but I like it. Mm. I um I did look up year of the locust to see if it was like a a known phrase. Um, yeah. There's a book that's come out quite recently called The Year of the Locust, which I'm guessing is named after the Steely Dan song. The only other references I can I could uh, find to Year of the Locust is like local names in like sub-Saharan Africa to mm-hmm. to dis- to describe uh, like horrible locust plagues that ruined the crops a hundred years ago that are still mm-hmm. in kind of social memory. Wow, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I think so I think they are just punning here. Um mm. but I, but, I yeah. now really like those two lines. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. And I might even like the Kathy Barbarian ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't express an opinion uh, on those. I do that, that's like I do love that line just because it's um it's uh it's only matched by the line in Any Major Dude will tell you, which um which we'll, we'll get to, and you'll mm. know it when you see it. Well, what I like about it is it's a bit... So you said something last time uh, where I was being a little bit uh, sniffy about the Boston Rag lyrics, and you said, well, they've mashed these phonemes together and it sounds good. Mm-hmm. And you can't, like, as in, at the very least, these are it's like pleasing-sounding cryptic mm-hmm. nonsense. And, and I guess I feel that, like, there is just a, a pleasure... For me, in the lines, even Kathy Barbarian knows there's one Rillard she can't sing. It's like there's a sort of delight in language, the, the, which, the, the, which the I, word, I enjoy, the, which I appreciate. The, the rhythm of the word Kathy Barbarian in the way yes. they sing it is just pleasingly, just lovely yeah. and percussive. 
Yeah, um, exactly. It, yeah, um, and that's nice because it's kind of like it, it, it's kind of pretentious or at least um, ostentatious. Mm-hmm. It's like we know who Kathy Barbarian is. We're sticking it in this song. When he says Kathy Barbarian, it sounds great. So even if it is a nonsensical line, there is at least a sonic pleasure to be had. And I will say for the second time this episode, hats off, Fagan. It, it occurred to me while we were, while I was throwing lyrics to pick apart at you that we haven't actually covered the main like chorus lyric of this song. Yeah. Which is, Do you throw out your gold teeth? Do you see how they roll? Yeah. Now, I did. I did resort to genius to to look up to see what they were saying about this, and 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 basically the the upvoted genius bullshit, comment is like gold teeth are worth a lot. <laughs> Yeah. So if you threw them out, it means they mean a lot to you, and you're <laughs> basically yeah. it's a load of tosh. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, has it been, has so, it been upvoted? Uh, has it been upvoted? I made that up, but you know it's plus eight upvotes. Yeah, that's crazy. Positive eight upvotes. For me, if you're throwing out your if you're throwing out your gold teeth, it's like you are you are down to nothing. Like when you when oh, you start okay. when you when you start like betting, you know you've you've done all your money, you've you've sold your little brother or whatever to to, <laughs> to, to, a to, to the antique pot right yeah when you throw when you put your gold teeth on the table you you're like you're absolutely down to the, the last little remnants you have of of like you are so you're so invested in this bet and you're you've fucked up so hard mm. and you're but you're just not giving up and you've given and you've given everything, so you start pulling gold teeth out of your mouth. That's how yeah. I read it. That makes that makes sense to me, and it fits with what I perceive to be the vibe, which is basically, I know you better than you know yourself. You know, do you see how they roll? It's like, yeah. Well, I guess because I was my next question was going to be, how does that chime with the rest of the lyrics? I guess if you're if we take your reading, uh, which you you can basically say it's like saying you're already you're already at rock bottom here. In terms yeah. of your like moral standing with mm. me, um, mm. are you are you going to just are you just going to throw out your gold teeth as well? See how they roll because mm. you're yeah. already you're already a nothing person. Yeah, to me, the great yeah. Donald Fagan, the great Don, <laughs> with my keyboard skills. So I think your explanation of the chorus makes total sense, and I think it's more likely than what I'm about to say. But okay. my stretched interpretation was you throw out your gold teeth is like you're casting your pearls like you're flaunting your wares mm-hmm. you know so here you are in your in your bearded gown you know she's like strutting across the killing floor she throws out her gold teeth it's like she's flashing her her sexiness and he's like oh, so she's not actually were... removing them she's just like she's, yeah she, like... she's only she's only kind of metaphorically Rolling out her gold teeth, she's just, she's actually just flashing a smile. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. And then, do you see how they're always like, "Oh, you think this is a a throwaway gesture, but it has consequences because here I am, you know, wanking in the gents." Slam or scam. The time has come to rate this song as a royal slam or a royal scam. A Royal Slam in the Countdown to Exegesis rating parlance is a good song. A Royal Scam in the Countdown to Exegesis rating parlance is a bad song. Andrew, I want to know where you put it. I've been desperate to know. 
I don't know. Really? Yeah, I really don't know. So let's. Well, let's, that was good. It's it, it's late. <laughs> it's late in the day, but let's firm up what we mean by a royal scam or a royal slam. So, I think that in the context of this album, this is a good song. It's pleasant to listen to. It's got interesting stuff going on. I didn't but you've mind liked it. every song on this album so far. So where's the, you know, the the bar is quite high. If you're saying you're you're having second thoughts about it, then no, no. So what I'm saying is, if tomorrow I'm not going to listen to your God Teeth, for sure. Like there is no way that I'm going to put this on ever again for pleasure, unless maybe you die, and then I'm like, oh, better reminisce about the times me and Ollie uh, did, did did those Zoom calls. Mm. Other than that, there's there's no way I'm going to listen to this song, so it can't be a sla- like a slam to me. That suggests like something like a pick me up, you know? Or do we so just mean it's a good song? Yes, it's a good song. So maybe we need. So maybe you could call it something like an album slam, a deep slam, a deep slam. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then, like, because that's not like I just feel like like you'd I... listen to it within the flow of the album, but you wouldn't necessarily like be like at a party check out this number Never. you got to hear his finger work <laughs> yeah no 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 it's uh, it's actually Denny Diaz it's not a it's not a skunk <laughs> on this one <laughs> it's a, i just think it's a bit like you know when you go you know when you are talking to work colleagues who you don't have very much in common with and yeah, you laugh I remember at, you, that well yeah and you laugh at jokes that it's the worst do, thing about, about you do not find funny having an office job yeah, yeah, all the time. To- yeah, like it's really tiring to to fake laugh constantly. Yeah, but at some point, just in the interest of self preservation, Jack, if you're listening, you I think... don't mean you. <laughs> I think just to put that out there. Jack never thought it was you were talking about him, and now he's doubting it. My point is, I'm being tortured at a glacial pace <laughs> by the Steely Dan discography, so. I'm not in my right mind. I don't know what's good and what's... You know, like Bob Dylan said, you know, what's good is bad, what's up is down, whatever whatever the lyric is. I don't know where I am anymore. In the context of the Steely Dan songs that we've heard, this is a good song. Do I want to listen to it again? No. Have I enjoyed talking about it? Yes. You know, it's like the... the, the, the I know I, in, I invented the Scam Slam scheme... But it doesn't. It's not. It's not doing it for me. I'm not dropping slam scam. Why don't well, you? <laughs> here's a suggestion. Yeah. Because at the end of the series, what we've done traditionally once is to look is to look over our slams and scams and say if we would change anything. Okay. So why don't why don't you park this one? And at the end of the series, when you when you've seen the album as when you've listened to the album as a whole. Yeah, you can go back and make a firm decision, but I will expect a firm decision at, in the King of the World episode, which is the final track. Right, so I'll be like, well, King of the World was utter horseshit. So by comparison, your gold teeth was a, a slam. If I if you say that, by the way, I will like rip your penis off. <laughs> wow, what um, is it? A, is it a passably good song? Well, well, let's not. Let, I'll leave it there. So you've parked it. You're parking I parked your it. I parked it. Okay. At the moment, I think it, it's a straddler. It's it's neither slam nor scam. It's just like and it was. I enjoyed listening to it. I enjoyed talking about it. I would never listen to it again. Yeah. How how about you? I think this is a royal scam. 
Oh. Oh. So I've gone really camp. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, oh. I you'd never say it. Well, it's just exciting because you said last week, you said every album you're going to say that one track is a scam. Precisely. If I, if I know that I um, am likely to say slam for every song on an album, which is true of, like, a few... Maybe, I mm. like like this is a short album, but I think as far as the song, I don't think it's a bad song on it. So that's why I'm saying this is a scam because I think this is the worst song on Countdown to Ecstasy. Wow! Now some, uh, I'm sure some Dan fans are out there listening now and hastily constructing voodoo dolls from mm. various household parts mm-hmm. because I think this is quite a well liked song. It's 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 a it's a bit of a you know it's it's a well known uh, probably a probably a live favorite you know mm. you, your I get the impression your gold teeth is your gold teeth two is uh, better remembered and more fondly remembered but mm. your your gold teeth one seems to have huge swathes of fans as well but you know I just think in terms of Dan modes like the the. The vamping around and showing off mode isn't my favourite Dan mode. Mm. My favourite Dan mode is tightly constructed jazz pop classics, mm. right? So, um, so it's not it's not the Dorian mode. So that's why it's a scam. <laughs> okay, within within the album, like I say, I don't think it's a bad song because I don't think it's a bad song on this album, and it's a essential part of the flow of the album, but. It's uh, as a song on its own. It's a scam. Wow, I think this is the the second scam that you've delivered, or third uh, possibly. I definitely um, change of the guard. I think I, change of the guard and uh, the Clarkson one. Midnight oh, cruiser. Yeah, 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 midnight cruiser. Yeah, yeah. Remember that. Yeah. I would yeah, maybe I... Um, if we count uh, Patreon exclusive episodes. Well, no, mm. in fact, I'm not going to say, because, you know, give us some money on Patreon, you'll find out Yeah, what I said about Dallas and Sail the Waterway. Mm. But one of them you thought was a scam. And I Maybe. think we know. I, can't, I, think I, I actually anybody, can't remember. <laughs> I think anybody who's heard those two songs will know which one you think is a scam. Because <laughs> one of them is a big old pat. Hello, Ollie again here. You heard past Ollie there. He's already done the Patreon shill, so I don't need to do that again. What I will beg of you this time, dear listeners, is if you enjoy Countdown to Exegesis, leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice because uh, we're severely lacking in the review department and, you know, when people are flicking through these things, they like to see those tasty stars, so... That would be great. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening, as always, and have a great week, everyone.